Um, good morning, everybody. Uh, it's, it's great to be here on my last day in Ireland, uh, or Northern Ireland, or Ulster, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I know most of you don't care. <laughs> um, and to be with uh, family. Uh, and, and as I said last week, it's been amazing to be able to come back here to a place that we uh, call home. Uh, even though, that's, that's a weird question. When I live in the UAE, I don't really have time for this, but anyway. Uh, live in the UAE, uh, Canadian, but live most of my life in Ireland. My parents and brother and sister live in a place in Canada that I haven't really lived in much. So where are you from? Mm, anyway, um, but this is home. And it's great to be home. And it's great to be part, uh, it's been amazing for us and our kids to be able to come back to a group of people that have loved us and challenged us and encouraged us and supported us not just over the last two years, over the last 17 years, really. Um, and, and yeah, and this is home and I want to thank you guys for that and I appreciate it. Um, and I, if for those of you who weren't here last week, which I see a few fresh faces, uh, I showed a video uh, which you, some of you have seen, some of you haven't. Our website for no, I'm not going to confuse you. EYU, Emirates Youth Unlimited. www.eyu slash hello. I'll send the link. And if you want to see it, check that out. That's what I've been doing for the last couple of years. And Fiona's been doing, uh, Fiona's been, I, I said last week just working. I didn't mean just working. I meant she's been working a lot to keep us, our kids in school and to keep a, work over, uh, a roof over our head. Uh, and I'm going back there tomorrow and Fiona's staying for another couple of weeks. Uh, she gets to enjoy this amazing, what, what a day to leave on. I'm going back to 46, 47 degrees, 80% humidity, and staying inside. Um, but anyway, but it's been amazing to be back here. And I'm, I'm looking forward to going back as well uh, into another year, a year of unknown, but a year really of consolidating and, and hopefully reaping a lot of the fruit of the stuff we've been building over the last couple years. Uh, but that's not what I'm talking about this morning. Uh, what I'm talking about this morning is journey. And we're in this living word series. And I, I realize as soon as I talk about my journey, I hope many of you will identify with that. And I realize though some of you won't. And kind of sorry <laughs> if you don't, but I really hope some of you will identify with this. Uh, and I, I'm going to recap a bit of what I talked about last week, but just briefly. Um, so I am Paul Coles, a, a kid who grew up in the Brethren Church in Canada uh, and who spent most of my adult life in a Baptist-ish context uh, in Northern Ireland, in a fairly, and I don't mean these words negatively, but a fairly safe and structured expression of Christianity. And for lots of reasons, that's a, that's a really good thing. As I was thinking through this, I'm so thankful that my past is rooted in a knowledge and a deep search of God's word. I'm thankful that my past is not confused or uninformed about what this thing we do is all about. That it's the centrality of it is Jesus. His life and, and the example he set. His death and the punishment for us, our sins. His resurrection to conquer life and death. I'm so thankful that I haven't been confused. Well, I probably was at some stage in my life. But in general, I haven't been confused about the centrality of that. And I haven't been part of a church that has underplayed that. But I also recognize, and I'm being honest with you, I also recognize that my default 
uh, goes towards the intellectual or the reasoned understanding of that, like apologetics, you know? You know, if we look at this and this and history, and it all makes sense, doesn't it? And someone looks at you and goes, nope. <laughs> no, I, I recognize that my default is towards that. So, as I, again, as I talked about last week, the last couple years, and, and beyond that, but compounded in the last couple years, has been this incredible time of being exposed more than ever before to this huge spectrum of Christianity. Um, people with different understandings, uh, slightly different theological understandings, doctrinal understandings, but of, of what, it, what it means to work out and to walk out our faith in Christ. Um, but beyond that, more than ever before, I've been exposed to this, gr- uh, the, more than ever, this huge group of, I hate to define, but of more charismatic type of Christians. And now they, they wouldn't be boxed within whatever that is. Uh, but people who, with grace, and patience, and constant uh, force even, uh, have been helping me, that's a bad word, force, uh, to to, uh, explore uh, and be willing to take more seriously chunks of God's word that traditionally, at least, where I came from, I either rationalized, stuck to another part of history, or pretty much ignored uh, and now, of course, I've been around people like that in the past. I've been around people like that here, but, but it's been, it's been uh, uh, um, to a much greater extent. And, it's been, and that's been part of the privilege of these last couple years. Um, but I've also been around many people just like me. And I've met some amazing people from my camp, if you can call it, who are unbelievable examples of Bible knowledge of Jesus loving, of unwavering Christianity. Um, and I've learned from these people too, and I've grown and been really challenged by a knowledge, a deep memorization knowledge of the Bible. But they're my camp. You know what I mean? I'm friends with these guys. I know these guys. That's my comfort zone. I've been stretched by this other group. And as I shared last week, and this is where I'm going with this living word, right in the middle of this journey, um, I was asked to speak at this uh, Dubai, it was called a Blessed Dubai Prayer Week. Um, there's about 40 churches there, most of whom were African or Southeast Asian. Tons of Africans, tons of Indians, tons of Filipinos, and a few white guys like me who can't dance. Um, and they gave, they gave me this passage that sits firmly right in the middle of my journey and even the journey that we are on in YFC trying to stand between and work between this large group of churches. And the passage they gave me, I've been going the wrong way. No, go ahead. The pa- Hold on, I'm going to try to click everything here. Oh, fantastic. The passage they gave me was this, Acts 4, 23 to 31, and it finishes with these three verses that I read last week that are part of this unbelievable prayer meeting. It finishes with this. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants. This is the apostles in the middle of all this huge upheaval that's been going on in the church, this amazing time. Consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. And as I said, this passage and scriptures like this are the heart of where I'm from. And these are powerful and these are good scriptures we need to grab onto. Speaking, knowing God's word, because if you don't know God's word, you can't speak it with great 
boldness, despite threat. But then, of course, this passage doesn't stop here, and it goes on to more uh, uncomfortable or more unknown territory for me. They go on to pray, stretch at your hand, Lord, to heal and to perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And they prayed, and the place they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. And as I said, uh, for a chunk of my life, I didn't know what to do with passages like this. And I don't say that as if now I totally know what to do, because <laughs> I still don't know what to do with passages like this. But for a chunk of my life, I totally didn't know what to do. But as I, as I looked at this, the massive and obvious question that strikes you in the face is that if the disciples, right in the middle of these first few months, the greatest moment in church history, who didn't need protection from, well, yet didn't need protection with threats, they were released from the authorities, who didn't seem to need boldness, who didn't seem to need miracles, a massive miracle just happened, were crying out to God for all of this stuff, stopped everything to petition God for all of this stuff. Then I was going to say, that why aren't we? Why, why, why am I not? Why am I satisfied with so much less than a prayer like this? And this is the big challenge for me. Why do I try to rationalize toward a more um, intellectual, to more, toward a more apologetic? Not that those things are bad. Those things are great. But why do I try to rationalize purely toward that if, if they weren't? And then a bit more of my journey. So that's the chunk of sort of where I was at last week. Uh, and I shared that first verse. Around the same time, though, last year, uh, one of the big, one of the two or three biggest churches in the UAE just hired a new pastor, a guy named Jeremy. Amazing guy. Uh, a guy I respect so much because his mind for the Bible is huge. And you're talking about everything and he knows right there the quote, and it's like, wow, I just need you, be, buy, you're better than Google, I need you by my side all the time. Uh, a guy from a, quite a conservative background, but, and I don't want to paint them all with this, but unlike some of his colleagues, his approach is strong uh, and definite, but so gracious and humble. And he's an amazing guy that we at YFC in the UAE are really loving him as far as building partnership between churches in the UAE. Anyway, around this time, he just arrived in the UAE. He was just appointed pastor of this church. And as part of his first few months, he said, we're going to teach through 1 Corinthians. And so uh, us in YFC and me on this journey, we're you know, obviously waiting When's he going to preach through 12, 13, and 14? Because <laughs> those are the only chapters that we're, con well, confused about. Um, and so he, he was getting through, and week after week, where's he going, where's he going? So he finally came to 12, 13, and 14. And we have a staff member who was there, so he heard it, and we all got it on podcast like the next couple days. And um, to his credit, he preached a very helpful, uh, very bridge-building sermon into the heart of this issue, which here I'm sure, I think less here, but in the UAE, it's a very divisive topic. Um, and what he said will probably not be rocket science to most of you guys here, um, but he made bold statements into a pretty conservative audience. And these are two of them, which you're going to say that's not bold at all, but they're bold. He said, first thing, he said, uh, 
in going into 1 Corinthians, you know, I've obviously studied, coming up to these so much, studied all the commentaries, looked through the whole Bible in this, and he said, I cannot find anything in the Bible that would convince me that the spiritual gifts are not for today. And you're going, and? <laughs> Bold, Paul. Um, but what we have to remember, what you have to know is that many of his colleagues look at this stuff and look at tar almost the whole charismatic church or Christians or people who uh, think beyond this as probably either wayward and very shallow biblically, and I'm generalizing, but it, it is true, partly, or heretical. This stuff is not for today. You're wrong. And actually, you don't know the rest of the Bible. All you care about is those few verses. And so he spoke what was a fairly simple sentence, but it was a real bridge-building sentence into the context of our church. But he also said one other thing that at first I really, really resonated with, but uh, um, it, came to, to, uh, it became unsettled to me, and, and it became a, an incomplete or, or not appropriate way to approach this. And he said that based on the fact that he could not see a biblical argument for the spiritual gifts leaving, uh, he said he would probably define himself as open but cautious. And you've probably heard that expression before. And at first I was like, yeah, totally. That's, and, and again, that's like, yeah, okay, whatever. But that's actually a bold statement into his context. Um, and I said, thinking, yeah, I'm open to whatever God has. I have, you know, in the past, zero experience, and it's kind of all freaky to me. But if, God, if it's from God, I'm open to it. But I'm cautious of the manipulation and of the emotionalizing and of the, pros the seeming prosperity focus or the seeming miracle focus. It's all about the miracles, tongues and wonders and all that stuff. I'm cautious about that stuff that I see in, in the charismatic movement. And I think we need to be more than cautious about all that stuff. Uh, but as I was thinking about it, we need to be more than cautious about anything in any church including ours, that's focus is predominantly on something other than proclaiming Jesus and pointing people towards. There's lots of things we can focus on that aren't that. So open but cautious uh, was probably where I've sat for the last 20 years since I've come out of high school. And whoa, out of the Brethren Church, which is a great church. I, it's, I think it's like, watch your definitions, but it is. Um, but as I thought about it more and I studied it more, I realized that this isn't where, this is not where I, I, I could stand now and not where I wanted to stand if I was to take the scriptures, the, the Bible, seriously. Because if miracles and signs and wonders and spiritual gifts and all of it, tongues, prophecy, words of knowledge and all that, are in the Bible, if they, are for t if they are gifts from God for us today, then how can I be open but cautious? And I don't mean to the people and to the rubbish that surrounds it. I mean to what God promised. How can I be open but cautious to that? And I thought about, you know, open but cautious. You know, this project's coming up and, I, and I'm open to it. Or, you know, Stephen is going to approach me uh, with an investment opportunity, and I'm open to it, but I'm cautious. 
you know, that doesn't, that's, that's, that's not, that's a passive stance. It's maybe a slightly better than passive stance. So as I was thinking about the passage that I just read in Acts chapter 4, where the, where the disciples in the midst of all the craziness pray, God, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Tell me if I'm wrong, but does that passage sound open but cautious? In 1 Corinthians 14, 1, we're told, uh, Paul says to us, follow the way of love. He's done this whole pa- ch- pa- uh, passage on love, and that, there's a whole lot of controversy around that passage. But at the end of it, he says, uh, and eagerly, eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. He says especially prophecy, but he's also referring to teaching, to miracles, to healing, to helping, to guidance, to speaking in tongues, to words of knowledge, to all these things. And as, again, as I read this, eagerly desire and open but cautious, they're not polar opposites, but they're not by any stretch of the imagine the same thing. Are you with me? Jesus told us in John 14, 12, and I remember it was like six or seven years ago with uh, Jim Graham when he said this. I'm like, wow, I've never even realized that was there before. Jesus told us in John 14, 12, Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And we've all, we all have heard this before. And they will do even greater things. Now don't forget I'm speaking about journey here. But the question is, how can I be open but cautious if Jesus, who slightly trumps Paul even, If Jesus says, you know what, you guys are going to, can do greater things than me. And as I look back on my journey, open but cautious is like a million years from where I was as a teenager. But (laughs) I I think it's probably just an infantile, a baby step towards where a lot of the scriptures point us to be. But if I'm honest... And if we're honest, I think this is where a lot of Christians, and I think uh, this is where I, can get stuck. And I think there's good reasons for this. If you were here last week, the internal threats, (laughs) some of the internal threats, I think there's good, not good reasons, there's reasons why we get stuck at open but cautious. Flick on the next slide there, honey. The first, oh sorry, two down, three down. Sorry, I should have been clicking. Thanks, honey. Four down. You got all that stuff. Thanks, honey. Uh, the first is misuse. So we look around abuse, and you look around with suspicion. You see it on YouTube. You know, all the stuff, all these movements, churches, people, that as I said before, the focus is on, they get involved in the spiritual gifts. It's like, it's all about the spiritual gifts. It's all about miracles. It's all about healing. It's all about pr- prosperity. It's all about, it's all about, it's all about. And the obsession is that, and the focus is away from primarily. R.T. Kendall said, if it's not pointing to Jesus, it's not from God. But we see that, and so of course we look on that all with skepticism. But as has been said several times before, and I have to be challenged by this, the correct response to misuse is not disuse or lack of use, it's correct use. 
The next is faith or, or lack of faith. And this is a huge one because I haven't experienced. The only thing I've seen is on YouTube and it's crazy and I haven't experienced any of these stuff. So how can I possibly step into this? And the challenge for me is it, you're, I'm never, you're going never, we're no, never going to have greater faith until we, we know that step we have to take and it's totally blind and it's totally awkward and it's totally whatever. And until we step out not knowing the result, we'll never have faith that God is with us in that journey. Until we take that first or second and third and tenth and fiftieth insecure jump into what God is doing, we'll never know what God is doing or what he can do. And that's massively linked to the third point. And my killer, and possibly your killer, pride. And I think a lot of us ignore these passages of scripture altogether because we don't like being out of our comfort zone. We don't like insecurity. We don't like looking like a fool potentially. We don't like, we like control because we're proud. And that's my default. We like to look normal and confident. We like to look comfortable. We don't like insecure or uncertain or I don't, I don't like any of those things. And I'm sure you can identify. So we stop before we have a chance to start. Uh, and we had Mike Pavacci out with us this winter at our uh, youth, train, uh, youth Leaders Conference in January, and he speaks into this in a brilliant way. And this is just one area of this whole realm, but he talks about, you know, maybe you're at work or you're on the street or whatever, and you have this thought that pops into your head about this complete stranger, or maybe it's about your colleague at work, and it's something you don't know or you shouldn't know, but maybe it's about something they need healing on, or maybe it's just something, you, has this happened in their life that I need to speak to them about? Do they need prayer? Do they need encouragement? And it's this random but strong thought that's specific, and it pops in your head, and it pops, and we've probably all had those. And we go, oh, no, it's, it's, it's probably not God. I just have an active imagination. We've probably done that several times. And we just walk away from it. And he says that that's our normal response, but we have to get to the point where we say, what's the worst that can happen? Because if I have this thought, maybe it's, and I'm going to give an example in a second about a person, and maybe, maybe it is healing, maybe it's an emotional, maybe it's a prayer for a brother, maybe it's just an emotional crisis they're going through, and I, I, I have this, God's prompting me, or something's prompting me to speak to them. Um, and if I go up and speak to them, I say, hi, I've never done this before, but I, I think God's maybe telling me this, and can I pray for you? And if they go, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're weird, <laughs> or whatever. He said, what's the worst that can happen? That's the worst that can happen. And now, if that happens to you every time you do that, you have an active imagination, and you just need to stay away from that stuff. <laughs> but what if you walk up to that person, and you say that, you know, I just feel, for some reason, do you have this, and can I pray for it? Is there, or is this just happening in your life? And can I pray into that? Or, or God just told me this, and you need to be encouraged in this. And maybe you all have stories on this. But that person at least could be encouraged, possibly could be healed, phenomenally could, could hear for maybe the first time or maybe the first time in a long time that the God of the universe cares and knows about my life and has spoke, he cares so much about me that he's brought this stranger in my life or this colleague to interrupt my day. And this person could be blessed and encouraged and conversations. This is Jesus. This isn't me. This is God. 
the worst that can happen is embarrassment. And the best that can happen is, is life. How can we let our pride or our open but cautious, we do, but how can we let it get in the way of that? Um, a simple story about this, and it, it's from sort of this context, but I think sometimes, anyway, um, sometimes we practice in this context and it gets better. This is about journey. It's about journey for me. Um, when Mike was here, he didn't really teach on this a bit, but he talked about it once, and, and he did a whole bunch of things with us. But on the last day, when Mike with, was with us in the UAE, we did Q&A with him. So we had breakfast together, then we had this worship time, and then um, we were just going to do a Q&A of all things youth work, which was a brilliant session, a really honest session. But right in the, in the middle of that, we had about 45 minutes of worship. And I was leading, I wasn't leading worship, but I was leading the time. And it was just worship. That's all it was going to be. And it was funny, actually. It was one of those mornings where the band, you know, nothing goes right. You guys know this, and there's mistakes, and there's whatever. But for, despite all that, well, Paul knows he's not perfect. <laughs> you wouldn't know that. Hamish wouldn't know that. Um, but um, despite all that, it was this powerful, and maybe it's just me, but it, felt, it was just this powerful time. And I was going to say presence, but God's always here. God's never not present. But it was this amazing time of just peace and just, it just, you know, where you're not distracted and it seems like no one's distracted and everyone's totally worshiping. And so in the middle of that, everyone was going back, probably to work, all these volunteers, to busy weeks. And I just said, Ben, just keep playing, but let's just stop and actually enjoy these moments because we don't get them all the time. And I just said, be quiet or sing or do it, you know, do whatever you want to, but let's just wait, let's just rest. And that's, that's all I said. Um, and then out of the 30 seconds or whatever later, out of the uh, corner of the room, this girl, Sammy, who was praying in the corner, came up to me and she said, um, Paul, um, I, don't, I don't really know if you want to do anything with this, but I'm just praying, and all morning I can't shake this picture of a ballerina. And that's it. <laughs> She's like, um, you know, I, I don't know what, maybe someone need, is it someone's a ballerina and they need prayer about that, maybe, I, I don't know. <laughs> and she said, I, I was leading the meeting, and she said, so I don't know what you want to do about that, but if you want to do something about it. <laughs> and went back and sat down. And I'm sitting in the front going, that's it? <laughs> Ballerina? Literally. Um, and it wasn't a time for any of that. But it, it, what she said was, I can't shake this. It's, uh, I, it's just this picture that keeps coming back up. So I said, okay, God, if you, you know, I'm okay to be embarrassed. I've just been taught about this, but I'm okay to be embarrassed. Um, guys, is anyone a Ballerina? Uh, Sammy's just had this picture all morning, and if you need prayer for something around that, you know, just please come forward. There'll be people here to pray for you at the front or at the side or wherever. Guess what? Nothing. <laughs> okay? I'm trying to do this, Dusko. <laughs> no. Um, nothing. And then another guy comes. And he says, Paul, uh, I just feel like maybe someone has, like, something to do, I don't know, their abdomen or something. It's like here, in I don't know, intestines or abdomen or something. And I, I just, again, God just really, just, or something's really challenged me that someone needs prayed, healed for their abdomen. And I'm like, okay. You go from a very specific but ridiculous to, that's like saying, has anyone ever had a bad back? You know, if you have, come. You know, that's, don't do that. Um, and so, but a guy I really respect. and pray, So I said, okay, guys, does anyone have something wrong with her abdomen you know 
That's all I know, but if you need healing or there's something, I, we would love to pray for you. Come up to the front. And guess what? Nothing. <laughs> but about 30 seconds, so just kept on praying. Okay, God, I tried. I'm never going to try it again. <laughs> about 30 seconds later, I see sort of commotion at the back, and up to the front comes my colleague who's just joined us, and I'm like hitting my head. Um, she, a friend of hers came and said, that's you. But she'd been so busy worshiping and petitioning God. Lily had just arrived in the UAE. It was four or five months late after her husband because of a whole bunch of craziness, questioning the fact that they're here and the, and the craziness of it. I met them because they're in a car, they were in a car accident about three years ago. She has a scar from side to side, and she's a professionally trained ballerina. And the whole morning... She didn't even hear because she's just saying, God, what are we doing here? Uh, she's been through two uh, years of physiotherapy and she's only about 80%. And, and the thing that God promised her after the accident was, will I ever use ballet again? And will I ever use it to serve you? And that's what she's praying and that's what she's shouting out to God for. Um, and she didn't even hear because she was shouting out to God. And, and the only two words that were, cre- one ridiculous and one so general, that were spoken this mo- that morning were about this girl who had just arrived in the UAE and who was asking God if he's really going to fill his promises and, and use her to serve him to reach young people. And it was like, oh my goodness. And I could have been a fool and stood there and nothing happened. But instead, I have this staff member who's just Join, these people could have been a fool that came up to me, but instead I have the staff member who's just joining us, who's looking for confirmation that she's in the right country, however many thousand miles away, and God arrives. And sometimes he doesn't, but God arrived. So I was just on a trip to India, and a bit different than that, but, uh, and I'm almost out of time. Um, but we had a team that went to a, an old folks' home, and I took, I took Lily, uh, Eva with me, and she didn't like it at all, as you can imagine. A uh, 400-bed home for quite least se- severe, severely disabled old people in India. And they ju- our team just went there, and we were just p- going around playing, praying blessing over all these people. It was just about encouraging them and loving them. But there was one guy that JC, um, one of the team leaders, just felt, for some reason, differently, I need to pray for healing over this guy, this old man who was, he was sitting with a stick and when he was, he was like barely moving and walking around and you know, he's like, this is not normal but I just really felt like God wanted me to pray different than all these other for healing. And so he prayed for him and brought this one other girl over to pray for him and anyway, they prayed for him very simply but it was funny, when we look over, when Eve and I look over, this guy's walking around like this and he's like, I'm going to touch my toe in Indian, er, in Hindi touching his toes up and down and back and forth and they were totally amazed that, oh my goodness, this actually happened and this guy, whether his moment I mean, he's, he was very old so let's face it, he's not going to live forever <laughs> or he may because through that moment um, of power in this guy's life, they had this unbelievable opportunity to speak the life of Jesus boldly. This team was amazing. Into this whole ward of mostly Hindu elderly people who'd been abandoned by their kids because they were disabled. And it's like, wow. And I'm sure we could all tell some stories. But the reality is I'm sure we could all tell the other stories as well of, yeah, Paul, I prayed for this and I prayed for that and I pray, and tra- and God did nothing. I've been there. I'm sure you've been there. 
And I don't, I don't know if anyone knows what to do about that. I'm sure there's lots of conversations you could have around that God's greater than us, da 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 but nobody knows what to do with that. Nobody knows that it seems like more often, nobody knows why it seems like more often than not, God doesn't heal. But all I know is, as I read through so much of Scripture, it points to the fact that the reality and the miracles and the spiritual gifts of God are for today. And I can't, Simply be open but cautious to that. Are you with me? And I love and I pray this all the time, the, the, uh, the story of the father in Mark 9 with the demon-possessed boy whose boy was healed eventually. But Jesus said, do you believe? And he said, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. That's my prayer every day on this planet. Mike Pilavachi gives a great prayer if you're stepping into a situation, whatever you feel prompting or, you know, and he says, Lord, if you get me into this, you better get me out of it. <laughs> and I love that as well. And we need, caution's not the right word. We need incredible wisdom. And this isn't a, a talk of answers, and this is a talk that leads to a thousand. But it's a talk of journey. It's a talk of read, it's, it's, it's a conversation of reading God's word and seeing that he has more for us, and yet I get stuck at the best sometimes, at open but cautious. But I want to be part of a group of people, and I want to be a person who encourages, who challenges, who can be part of healing, who speaks words of life, who, who speaks Jesus, and proclaims that there's heaven, that there's eternity in lives. And like this, where this journey started with me, I want to walk with the disciples as they pray stuff like, now, Lord, consider their threats. They're talking externally, and I say, God, every day, yes, there's external threats, but God, consider my threats, all the stuff that holds me back, and enable your servant to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand, God. I don't know what that looks like all the time, and I'm afraid of it half the time, and I don't see it sometimes but stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And then it goes on to finish, and then they prayed. And I've never experienced this. And the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. And I just want to leave that with you guys, um, because I'm sure many of you are on that journey, and I'm still very much on that journey. I grew up founded in God's word, but I don't want to just hold on to bits of it. I want to hold on to all of it and say, God, help me, because I don't understand, but I want, I want the bits of it that you have. I don't want to look like a fool, but help me be willing <laughs> to look like a fool. I don't want to be interrupted, but help me to be willing to be interrupted um, so that your kingdom comes and your will be done. Let me pray. Jesus, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. Yeah, help me to be wise and discerning and not um, reckless. 
but help me to be willing to risk me so that you can show up. In Jesus' holy and awesome name, I pray.